0: On the program tonight, we're going to talk about homosexuality. Actually, Jacob, we're going to talk about homosexual rights. I hear about that a lot in the news, and we want to talk about that on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, but we're going to look at it from a considerably different perspective. We're going to look at it from a biblical perspective. What rights do homosexuals have that actually God grants to them and that are guaranteed to them in the Word of God? We want to talk about homosexual rights from the biblical point of view. All right. It should be an interesting discussion. We'll get started right
1: after this.
2: One three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May 11th, 2017. My name is Jacob Gwyn. My father, Greg Gwyn, joins me. Hello, Dad.
0: Jacob, great to be with
1: you Good to Doc. be with you as well. Josh is behind the boards. Josh, welcome to the program. Thanks for having Glad me. Glad to be have here. you. My father-in-law, Nick Law, is here. Hello, Nick. Thank you for coming. Hello, good to be with you and all And look forward to hearing from both of you as well on the program tonight. And we'd like to hear from you on the other end of the line at 877-381-4567. That line is toll-free. Uh, send an email to questions at collegeview.com or sign in the chat room. If you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, you can sign in the chat room there and comment with listeners that may be watching on those feeds. If you're watching us from our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, to the bottom of your video window is a chat window where you can sign in and chat with other listeners there. Any way you choose to participate tonight, we would welcome your comments. Again, 877 381 4567. And it doesn't matter when you're listening to the program, if you're listening to it in the recorded version, you can send those emails to questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you. Use that email address to send your snail mail address where we can send you a free bumper sticker if you'd like to help us get the word out. Questions at collegeview.com, and we'll get you a bumper sticker. Uh, so you can help with uh getting the word out. Josh, you're doing that on your car, I think. Yes, sir. And, yeah. See, it, it, it works. I, I, I was down in Georgia the other day, and a guy said, "What's that on the back of your car?" And he took a picture of it so he could maybe listen. So, if you're listening in Georgia off of that picture, welcome to the program and. Uh, we want to hear from you on the program wherever you are. Let us know you're out there as we talk about uh, um, a topic that's in the news a lot and um, something that uh, has a lot of focus in our society today, and uh, we need to get a biblical perspective on this subject.
0: Yeah, actually what uh, kind of sparked the interest in discussing this tonight, we have discussed homosexuality a number of times in the past on the Virtual Bible Study, and you can always check our archives to find those past programs, but... Past, uh, former president Jimmy Carter has come out with a new book. It's Lessons from Life, the Lessons from Life Bible, Personal personal Reflections with Jimmy Carter. And I understand what it is, is basically his notes from Bible classes that he's taught at the Baptist Church in Plains, Georgia. We, uh, those, some of our listeners are probably too young to really remember Jimmy Carter's time as president of the United States. Uh, but he was a well known, uh, religious sort of a fella, and, uh, he has continued to be actively involved in the Baptist Church in his hometown in Plains, Georgia, and he teaches Bible classes even now, and I think he's... I, I
3: suppose, yeah, he's well he's he, 90. If he's
0: not 90, he's very close to 90, yeah. and he's still teaching Bible classes. And so the, this, this, uh, life study Bible, uh... basically contains his notes from classes that he's taught and he had an interview with the huffington post in order to promote this new book that has been published and uh... in that and we're going to talk i'm going to save his comments uh, about homosexuality pretty shocking basically he and he supports homosexuals and homosexual marriage and believes it's okay And uh, I want to read about his argument uh, a little later in our program.
1: All right. Uh, uh, That should be interesting as uh, we talk about this subject. Kevin's listening in Fort Worth, Texas tonight. If you're in the chat room, sign in and let us know where you're listening on the program tonight. I guess we need to sort of frame up uh, this subject before we go any farther because I think it's going to be apparent where we stand on the subject. But uh, we don't want this uh, discussion to be taken as hateful, or uh, ugly in any way, or um, uh, ill spirited. We uh, want this program to be simply focused on uh, what the Bible teaches on this subject. We had a uh, public uh, study on this subject a few years ago. Fourteen. Uh, a gentleman came uh, who opposed us on this, and he thought that we would have a very ugly and hateful tone as we discussed this subject. I think to his surprise, we didn't have that uh, that uh, tone um this uh we view as a sin uh but no different than any other sin lying cheating um being rude to your neighbor not uh, loving your neighbor as
0: yourself uh,
1: it's a sin uh and um we we talk about all sins on the pro, on the virtual That's outside.
0: right I, I think that's a good point to make that we're not singling this out because we talk about all kinds of things that people may be involved in um, that are sinful and we need to learn about sin we need to repent of our sins we need to seek god's will in our lives and so i think that's a good place to start jacob but we're not trying to say this is worse than other sins or or, or all, even, all even sins.
1: heterosexual sins that heterosexual rampant that sin. are in our society we talk we're,
0: about those on this program as well by the way uh just as sort of a long range heads up uh, our our community bible study this summer in july and we'll be talking about a lot more as we get closer to that date but this summer we're going to talk about Pornography and pornography addiction. that That's a horrible sin, too. Uh, but we're not saying we hate people who have fallen into the trap of homosexual I mean, uh, pornography, any differently than we would people who are uh, in in the practice of homosexuality. No, because but we do need to talk about it because
1: we believe that God's plan and God's rule for our life is for our best interest. And so when we violate from that, whether it be in our speech or the way we treat others or in sexual matters heterosexual or homosexual, when we violate that, we are displeasing to God, and we're also harming ourselves. And uh, and so we talk about sin in an effort to try and conform our lives to what God's Word says. Exactly not right. in a hateful manner or to, to hurt anyone's feelings or to call them out, but just simply to encourage folks
0: to consider what God God has for, will, what His will is for people's lives. All right. Uh, on our Facebook page, I see Ramon, our friend Ramona is listening in Hearst, Texas. Good good to see you there, Ramona. Good to have you there. All right. So earlier today to our update list, we sent out... Uh, the topic that we would be discussing, we also posted this to our Facebook page. So if you follow us on Facebook, you'll, you'll see in your news feed what our comment is going to be. But you can also get an email every week if you want to. Uh, get on our update list by sending us an email to questions at com. Just say, add me to the list. And we'll our update list earlier today and on our Facebook page, we ask these questions. We, w- we ask people to comment on the rights of homosexuals to know certain things. To know that homosexuality is not normal, to know that it's not inherited, to know that it's not an acceptable alternative lifestyle, to know that it is a sin, to know that it's an abomination to God, and to know that it produces grave consequences now and in eternity. So we sort of just uh, spilled the beans here about where we want to go with this idea of homosexual rights. Homosexuals need to know, they have a right to know from the Bible certain things about this sin and one of the things that they need to know Jacob is that homosexuality is not normal okay. it's not a normal practice the dictionary defines homosexuality uh, excuse me the dictionary defines normalcy what is normal as that which conforms to the standard or the common type usual regular natural that's what the Bible uh, the dictionary says normal means. Well, homosexuals want us to convince us that their practice is normal, but their their practice does not conform to the standard, the common type, the usual, the regular, the natural. And so even by a dictionary definition, homosexuality is not normal. Uh, and, of course, the Bible
1: points that out, too. Yeah, as you mentioned that definition, Romans 1, verses 20, verse, beginning verse 24 comes to mind as talking about folks who were violating God's will, notice verse 24, Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, to exchange the truth of God for a lie, and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, even their women exchanged the natural, there's that normal idea, use of what is for what is against nature likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one for another men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due uh, so again the bible says that this is not a normal activity uh, according to god's design
0: yeah i think romans chapter one in the new testament we're going to look at some Old Testament passages, too. But in the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 that you just read, Jacob, I think are the most plain and explicit denunciation of homosexuality that you could find anywhere. I, I don't know how you could make it any plainer. However, some have tried to do so. I, I, I have that text that you just read, Jacob, from Moffat's translation, which is which is a, a sort of a paraphrase or more modern Expression of the same words. Let me read how James Moffat translated it. It says, That is why God has given them up to vile passions. Their women have exchanged the natural function of sex for what is unnatural. And in the same way, the males have abandoned the natural use of women and flamed out in lust one for another, men perpetrating shameless acts with their own sex and getting in their own persons the due recompense of their perversity. So, I mean, however you want to word it, it is I think very clear and plain that homosexuality is not normal. As I said, the dictionary, even a dictionary definition would say it's not normal. The Bible certainly says it's not normal. All right. Again, we're not just
1: picking on any one person here because verse 29 goes on and mentions those are covetous, full of envy, strife, deceit. So all these sins need to be rooted out of our lives, Wherever uh, whatever sin may be in our life. Homosexuality is the topic tonight and certainly is a, a topic that the Bible speaks on, and it speaks in a condemning manner.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, first first right that the homosexual has is to know that their practice is not normal, and people can try to to spin it as normal, try to convince the public that it's normal. And there's been a tremendous effort to get homosexuality normalized. It wasn't that long ago. It was really less than, certainly less than 50 years ago, and I'm thinking more on the order of 35 or 40 years ago, when homosexuality was still listed in the psychological textbooks as a mental disorder. And so, really, within just the last generation, homosexuality was considered to be a mental illness. Now, it's quite amazing what's happened in that amount of time, because now the homosexuals have pushed their agenda very aggressively and Convinced the population, the majority of the population now thinks it is normal, acceptable, reasonable. Uh, and so they've done a very effective job in promoting their cause, but the Bible still says it's not natural. All right. And uh, we use this
1: also, you ask, if, uh, is it inherited? Well, this text would also go to
0: that discussion. I think that's right, that the the uh, a second right that the homosexuals have is to know that the Bible would argue that homosexuality is not inherited. There has been a tremendous, tremendous effort for a long time, and again, it's been primarily pursued by the homosexual community, and it has been strongly in their agenda to try and find an inherited gene or trait that that accounts for homosexuals being homosexuals, that is not... and, and they would strongly argue that it's not a choice; that you are born that way, that you were born either heterosexual or homosexual, and and you really is you're locked in. You don't have you don't have a decision to make in that matter. It's either or because of inheritance. Now, I think we all understand inheritance. When when you talk about something that you inherit, that's something you don't have any any control over. Uh, Jacob, you and I are pretty tall. Uh, sometimes being tall. Is a hindrance, you know, especially if you're working in a in a low space. I was working in a low space recently. I hit my head three or four times, Uh but I inherited that. I didn't have any decision about how tall I was going to be. And if I if I could have chosen, I probably would have chosen to be a little shorter than I am. But that wasn't that wasn't in my prerogative. I didn't have that opportunity to choose. I was born this way. Well, that's what the homosexuals want to tell us about being homosexuals, but that's not so. If, if it's true that homosexuality is a sin, we'll talk more about that, but that one text in Romans chapter 1 already explained it. Uh, If it's a sinful perversion, then, but God made you that way, you were born that way, then that would, that would have us in the, in the condition of believing that god who who's always given men free moral choice that god didn't give certain people choice he condemned homosexuality as a sin but he made some people who are homosexuals and didn't have a choice otherwise well that'd be contrary to the whole nature of god all right we'll talk about that uh when
1: we get back on the other side of the break some of that needs to go in the way that we view the the sin itself is it a Characteristic or is it a behavior? We need to talk about that when we get back. We'll get a break, and when we get back, we'll get your thoughts. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. 381 4567 Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after
2: this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this.
0: Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that
1: movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there.
5: Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd, but don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by the College U Church of Christ.
0: Here's some quotes worth pondering. Drifting is characteristic of dead fish and a lot of people. Discontent is the penalty we must pay for being ungrateful for what we have. When you flee temptation, do not leave a forwarding address. People may doubt what you say, but they will always believe what you do. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Life affords no greater responsibility, no greater privilege, than the raising of the next generation. People who fly into rage always make a bad landing. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program.
1: We're back on the program tonight, and uh, as we talk about homosexuality and homosexual rights, uh, I wanted to comment on one thing you said there. That uh, the idea that God would make someone this way is that it, it's just it's it's a it's an identity rather than an, an, an a, a deed or an action, and uh, the scriptures would tell us that um, well if we're not if it's not something that we inherit then it certainly is not a, 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 it's not a it's not a identifier it's not an identity it is a, a an action. Uh, for, well, as we go on, we'll talk some more about that. But I think that's an important distinction that it's not it's not necessarily who you are, but what you do.
0: Yeah, I think we'll right. talk about that. But, it, but it's like all sense. Of, I mean, if, if I'm a if I'm a thief, that's a behavior. If I'm a bank robber, that's a behavior that I'm engaged in that that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with my genetic makeup it's just a behavior that i choose to be involved in even, bank robbing. even your heterosexuality because
1: jesus says that you could choose to be a eunuch for the cause of christ so you huh. could say oh, well i'm not for, maybe for, and there are folks who have made that decision on a heterosexual side of things because of maybe some past mistakes that they've made they they're they're forced to be a eunuch now if they want to be right with god so Your sexuality is not necessarily an identity, but
0: an activity. It's an activity that you choose. It's an activity that you determine. You you can choose to be uh, married faithfully to a wife for a lifetime. That's a choice. Or you could choose to be a womanizer. That's a choice. Or you could choose to be a homosexual. It's a choice. But your your sexuality is something you choose to pursue. And
1: there are... uh, There are... Folks who struggle with this sin and this temptation and the homosexual community would like to to say if you have if you have these inclinations or these temptations then you are homosexual. And that's not the case. That is a false uh, statement. Uh, You're not a homosexual unless you engage in homosexual activity. Uh, Several years ago, we were on the radio in Nashville with uh, Tom Moody. Tom made that point. He says, you're not a homosexual if you have the temptation. You're homosexual homosexual if you act upon that temptation. I think that's right. Uh, Because, again, Satan would like you to believe, well, I have the temptation, so I am. I might as well give in to the temptation. Tom made that point. He got back to the church building a few hours later, and there was a message on the machines, a a, a man crying in the message saying, thank you so much for saying that, because I'm struggling with this. I was worried that I I was going to be wrong. There's nothing I could do that God was going (laughs) to condemn me. And, You told me that I'm not committing sin unless I act upon that that temptation. It's not a
0: sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4, verse 15. And so it's not a sin to be tempted, not a sin to be tempted about anything. It's a sin to yield to the temptation and act upon it.
1: There are certainly folks who are tempted in this direction. Uh, And uh, again, the temptation is not a sin. It's when we act upon that sin. Yeah. We, uh, so we need to be aware of that.
0: We got a couple of emails. Kent and Georgia sent us an email on this first question. He simply th- uh, comments that Romans one, where, which you already read to us, Jacob, yeah. sort of covers all the bases about what homosexuals need to know and have a right to know. Uh, Paul sent in uh, an email and he says, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get his comment here about not being inherited. The claim is made that homosexuals are born with this predisposition. Some studies are cited in support of this view, but other studies disagree. The Bible is our authority and says homosexuality is sinful. We will be judged by Jesus according to God's standards, John 12 verse 48. There are, I've, I've, I'm in agreement with Paul that you could find studies that would try to scientifically support the conclusion that homosexuality is an inherited matter. But there are as many or more studies on the other side of the coin that prove otherwise. It's not been established conclusively at all. And anybody who tried to suggest that it has been made a scientifically final determination made about that is just wrong. And you just need to read further because that's not true. The
1: nature versus nurture uh, argument. But there are, we have to admit, there are some folks who are born with certain challenges – that they have to overcome certain tendencies they have to overcome. For instance, those of us with kids may have, have maybe one of the chi- one of the children born with a extremely fiery temper. I mean, and it, they got a fiery temper almost as soon as they come into this world. You can tell this kid is going to have trouble controlling their temper. You know, they get hungry and boy, the world's got to come to an end until they get fed. Yeah. And it goes on into their childhood. And, that's something that the individual individual have to control and or and align with God's will for him. Uh, this say, if if this is a a trait that you're born with, that this temptation that you might have, a tendency you might have to be tempted in this way. Again, this is something you will have to conform to
0: God's will. But just like even if else. it could be proved. Yeah. It, but it's, but with, I, I just with, want to say yeah. clearly that it has not, it has not even been, been, been close proof. to proof.
1: Again, and there's a stu- the, the, the studies they like to point to about alcoholism, that some folks may be born with a tendency to be addicted to alcohol. Does that mean that you ought to just be a raging alcoholic because you have this temptation? No. You must bring that into conformance with God's will. Yeah. Whatever
0: the challenge is, that you may you may suffer with. Okay. Uh, real quickly, let's let's get this next one. The homosexuals have a right to know that their lifestyle is not an acceptable alternative. Now, some things don't matter. Uh, you know, you may like to drive a Ford. I may like to drive a Chevy. The, those are alternates, and you can choose one or the other. One's as good as the other. Uh, you know. It, but homosexuals want us to believe that their lifestyle is like that it's just a it's just an alternative you like that we like this this is the way you know it's just different but it's all is good kind of thing and again from the bible we would just argue that that's not the case in genesis chapter 2 verse 18 after god had created man and he had not yet created woman he said it is not good that man should be alone and he made what he called a help meet or a suitable help for him in those last verses of Genesis 2. And it was woman. And so God's plan, you know, these relationships are are for companionship. And God's answer for the need of man toward this sort of companionship was to provide woman, not another man, but another woman. Or or, or the first woman, rather. And I, I think that's important. Uh, certainly, Part of that plan was for procreation. You could go to chapter one of Genesis, verses twenty-six and twenty-eight, where man was told to be fruitful and multiply. Certainly, the man-woman relationship was fundamental to the procreation of the race. There's no doubt about that. But in Genesis two, where the marriage institution is established, it was it, it is directly contextually linked to the need for companionship, and God provided a woman for man's need.
1: All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview dot com. Any comments from that side of the room tonight, Josh or Nick?
4: Yeah, I was thinking about in First Corinthians six, where Paul wrote about a long list of things, but he said in verse nine, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And he, and he goes on, says, These shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Yep. Verse 11 says, And such were some of you. These are a group of people who were a lot of different things, but because it wasn't, that wasn't lining up with God's standard. And so they, they you, were able to change their behavior. So I
0: think that's really a great yep, argument, Josh. Yep. Yep. You see a lot of sins in there. And, and, and this by is the one way, of them. by the way, in case anybody, didn't quite understand what the King James words were. The new King James there speaks of homosexuals and sodomites, uh, where yours said uh, effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. The new King James says they are homosexuals and sodomites. Right. And they're not going to go to heaven if they're practicing that sin. That was my next point here. That this is sin, and you're not going to go to heaven if you practice, if you're practicing this. If sin. you're practicing that sin, if you're sin, practicing this, you're, you're not going to heaven. And as uh, I think Josh's point is excellent, it's something that those people chose to abandon right. in order to be right with God. Right. The the the, the suggestion strong suggestion is if you're homosexual, you cannot do anything about that. You are. You're locked in. You can't change. Well, those people change.
5: Right. Right. Nick? We might see in every dispensation of time, God has always condemned homosexuality. In Genesis 19, we see how that he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for the practice that was there. So we see the wrath of God coming upon that. We see in the time of Moses that he has the direct commands and... The book of Leviticus uh, where he says, uh, you know, mankind shall not uh, lie with mankind like he does with a woman. And so we see the condemnation there. And, then, of course, Josh is given one verse in the New Testament that shows that here are people that had to change and must change in order to be able to inherit uh, uh, life. Exactly right.
0: Yeah.
1: Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. We'd love to hear from you on the phone
0: or in the chat room tonight. In, in an email, Paul says, "In order to be saved, a person must realize that we've all sinned." Romans three twenty three. The gospel is the power of God to salvation, but that we must acknowledge that we have sinned, become a new creature, and walk in the newness of life with Christ without condemnation. Romans six beginning verse three. The homosexual must understand that his way of life is sinful, otherwise he or she may think it's okay to continue. I think that's right. And and again, we're not trying to be hateful or mean-spirited here, but this is not what has been presented. I don't hear this expression too much, but it used to be more common. They tried to present this as an alternative lifestyle with the idea that, One's as good as another, and it's not. It's just not from the Bible, and they need to know that. They have a right to know that it is not an acceptable alternative lifestyle. All
1: right, uh, let me ask you about that uh, that passage. Do you believe that those that were homosexuals had to engage in a heterosexual marriage in order to be right with God? Doesn't say no that. Repentance? Doesn't say that. No, absolutely not. You know, the adulterers there chances are they wouldn't be able to engage in heterosexual Yeah, the, the adulterers
0: that. who came out of adultery, They'd be we a, don't know all the circumstances of every case, but there's a high probability that those adulterers likely would have had to live the rest of their lives without a, a sexual celibate
1: relationship. A celibate life. And, and, uh, and so that if that is the case for the homosexual, that, that, uh, that, that the idea of a heterosexual relationship is beyond the pale then, then uh, it certainly is God's expectation that celibacy be the pattern of life. I think that's right. All right. We'll get a break at this week's bullet point. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We'd like to hear from you. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent
2: sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study right after these important messages.
0: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. There are some difficult things that God commands us to do. It's hard, for example, to go to a brother or sister who has sinned, look them in the eye, and tell them that they must repent. It would be much easier to simply look the other way. But God says we must go to them, Luke 17, verse 3. It's hard to approach a weak Christian, point out their serious neglect of duty, and urge them to turn back to God. It would be easier to just let it slide. But God says we must speak to them, Galatians 6, verse 1. It's hard to finally withdraw yourself from a disciple who has sinned and refuses to repent. It would be easier to ignore the situation and act as though nothing had happened. But God says such action must be taken. 1 Timothy 6, beginning verse 3. To all disciples who obediently do these difficult things, we express our thanks and appreciation. You are truly the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Now, may we say a word to those of you who might be on the receiving end of such actions? We hope that you understand that your brothers and sisters take no delight in doing such things. He gives them no perverse sense of pleasure. There is no morbid gratification that comes from this. Surely you can see that it is truly difficult. Your fellow Christians can think of a thousand things they would rather be doing. There is absolutely no enjoyment in this. But they do it anyway because they know two things. First, God commands them to do so. And second, it's in your best interest. Please try to understand this, and if it becomes necessary for someone to come to you in a conscientious effort to serve God and you, please respect them for it. Respect them, appreciate them, and love them for their deep concern for your soul. They are doing one of the really hard things that God calls upon his people to do. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
5: Hi, Um, This is the Virtual Bible study.
2: For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues.
1: We're back on the program tonight as we talk about homosexuality. We're glad that you're here. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and we welcome you to comment at any time on the phone. Contact us, questions at collegeu.com is the email address, 877-381-4567 is the telephone number to use. We welcome your comments at any time. If you agree with us, if you disagree, or you'd just like to suggest a topic for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, send us an email, give us a call. We want to hear from you.
0: Uh, I see Linda on our Facebook page. Linda is watching in Charlotte, Tennessee. Good to have you watching, you, Linda? Linda. Got a email, or excuse me, a chat room comment from Kevin in Arkansas who says, we can see that even today the practice of homosexuality is in the low single digits of anyone who has attempted this sin. I, the highest percentage of the U.S. population that I've ever heard, I was a little surprised to hear that, but I've heard the highest Estimate of how many, what percentage of the U.S. population is homosexual? The highest estimate I ever heard was three percent. Almost most all uh, estimates are lower than that, but that's the highest one I ever heard. So, if if ninety-seven percent plus or ninety-seven percent of the population is not homosexual, homosexually says, then homosexuality is not the norm. That's what, that's the comment that Kevin made. And I think it's a good argument.
1: Kevin's actually in Fort Worth, Texas tonight. Oh man, he travels. Yeah, he travels. He's listening out there though. Thank you for taking time to listen to that.
0: Philip says to be a characteristic, uh, see, a characteristic has to be a part of our DNA. I know of a family who has three boys, two of which are married with children and one came out. It is behavior. Well, and that's uh,
1: part of the, the scientific studies that have been done yeah. on identical twins who have identical DNAs. And um, they are, are divergent. Uh, some, maybe one would be engaged in homosexual sexual behavior. So it, it shows that it would be not in the DNA uh, in, in those cases.
0: All right. Real quickly, we said uh, homosexuals also have a right to know that a very strong word is used by God in His in His feeling toward this sin, and it's the word abomination. Deuteronomy 23, beginning verse 17. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God uh, for any vow. For even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God.
2: Yeah.
0: And so abomination, that's a really strong word. We never use that in normal daily conversation, but it's a really strong word. I mean, if you ever experienced something that just made you almost immediately sick to your stomach at the thought of it, or, or, you know, whatever—that's the idea of abomination, something that just almost makes you violently ill.
1: Now, that's the act, not the the one doing the act. Yeah. Again, God loves those who are engaged in the activity. John three sixteen, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's all the world, in whatever sin they may be engaged in. So the activity, the action, is repulsive to God, just as other actions are as well. Uh, not the ones who are engaged in the in the action.
0: Okay. Uh, let's make one more point, and then we've got to move on quickly to uh, our follow-up to this. Homosexuals should know that the practice of this sin produces grave consequences. Yes. That's so in this life and in the life to come. Okay. And we can just we can just reference a passage we already talked about. Josh brought up 1 Corinthians 6, beginning verse 9. But it says that the people who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And So those who practice this uh, will not be saved eternally, and that, there's not any more grave consequence that could possibly exist and than that. There
1: are physical consequences as well. Romans 1, verse 27 may allude to that, where it says receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. But uh, certainly there are there can be physical consequences, but uh, without a doubt, eternal
5: consequences well, as well. One of the things the homosexual needs to do is, uh, you know... Prove that his practice is an act of righteousness because in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted of God. And, and that's what they would need to do in order to show that God a- approves that as an act of righteousness. That's good so point. they have a right to do what is right in the sight of God, but they're not doing it and they're not even bringing forth proof for that. That's a, that's a good point, uh, Nick, because
1: uh, as we make these arguments, they're like, likely re- try and make a rebuttal against uh, the passages that we bring forth and say, well, that's not, that is not, that's not what it means because of this. It's not, we need some positive evidence as well this, to support uh, that this, this action would be uh,
5: uh, acceptable the, to God. Uh, the principle that Paul uses, I think, the Thessalonians prove all things and hold fast to that, which is good. So so the proof, you know, we have a responsibility to do that as we use the Word of God in whatever we may practice.
0: Exactly right. Um, I want to reference one of the programs we did, and our, our uh, listeners can go back to archives and find it, because I was listening to part of it today in 2014. Um, we did a program entitled Failed Attempts to Justify Homosexuality, and we, we dealt with a number of Bible passages that, that they tried to... I would just say plainly they try to twist them to convince us that the Bible doesn't condemn homosexuality. Uh, it's a failed attempt because it's a, every one of those passages is misused to try to reach that conclusion. And if you'd like to hear some of that, go back and look in our archives. Uh, it's back in mid-2014, July, June or July of 2014.
1: All right. Uh, we need to hear from you tonight on the program. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, Kent has added in, uh, chimed in with uh, his email tonight. It's not normal, it's not inherited. it is an acquired lifestyle. it is sinful in that it is against nature and is also an un- unauthorized activity that goes to that idea of positive. Uh, evidence that God would support it. Uh, it therefore is an abomination to God. It will destroy one's physical health in this life and bring eternal condemnation in hell in eternity. Thank you for that uh, comment tonight, Ken.
0: Let's go real quickly to the second part of our question. When we sent out our email earlier today, we said we asked people to comment on some of the claims that homosexuals make. One of them is we love each other, but we love each other. We love each other. So it doesn't. Isn't it okay if we love each other uh, for us to pursue this activity? That love sort of makes it all right. I don't think we would. I don't think we would agree with that. Uh, in in regards to lots of things. Yeah, you know it's not the
1: overarching uh, principle to determine if
0: anything's any so relationship a man, is right. If a man steals your wife. And then they argue, but we love each other. Did it make him all right that he stole your wife or that you stole his wife? Is uh, I mean, it doesn't make it all right. The, the fact that you could profess love for one another doesn't make it all right.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You pull fornicators and adulterers all over uh, this country and ask, do you love each other? Well, they, yeah. they argue, the answer is, well, obviously, yeah, we love each other. Yeah. And they're condemned in the same way. We breath. recently
0: had a horrible episode uh, of a... 50-some-odd-year-old teacher here in Middle Tennessee who ran off with a 15-year-old girl who had been his student in the school. And uh, I think, I don't know, we haven't heard the end of all that story, but let's assume that it comes out that he said he loves her. Mm -hmm. He loves her. So I guess it's okay if he loves her. I guess it's okay for this 50-year-old teacher to kidnap a 15-year-old girl or to persuade her to follow him in this cross-country escapade uh but if it was love is it okay no it's not okay it's certainly not okay just because you love, just because you can put the tag love on there doesn't make it okay all right uh let us know your thoughts tonight um then homosexuals are also inclined to say well we, we already talked about the second thing, they say, I was born this way. We already talked about that, so we won't have to talk any more about that. Uh, homosexuals say that the Bible writers were culturally prejudiced against homosexuality. That it, that the reason it's condemned strongly in the scriptures is because that's the way it was in those days. And the culture was against it, and therefore... Uh, The the Bible writers were just expressing the cultural influences of the time.
1: Well, uh, Josh, you want to jump in on that one?
4: Well, it was the culture of the time, I'd say, because that's the way it's always been, and that's the way that that God had made it. So, you know, people typically aren't uh, aren't, going to just do what's... There's always going to be a small amount of people, I guess, that's going to do right, and there's going to be a majority of people that's going to do wrong. So you know there's always been a smaller minority of people that are doing what what god has wanted to do so i think the argument that the culture was against it there's always been a lot of And so the majority of people if are, are going to be against god's law so i'm thinking i don't know that argument doesn't doesn't hold a lot of water nick's got
5: mind. an answer i think first corinthians 2 addresses their misunderstanding of how the word of god came to man is not with enticing words of man's wisdom paul says in first corinthians 2 he says uh and, and in verse four he said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. If that was, if what is written in the scriptures is the man's, uh, own words with, and it's just human wisdom, then Paul was just wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not telling the truth about it. But it tells us later in this same chapter that, uh, in verse fourteen, Excuse me, verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. So the Holy Spirit is getting directly from the mind of God the very words that are presented in the Scriptures on this subject and every other subject. That's that's right. It's not human thinking.
0: This argument really denies biblical inspiration. It does. And, of course, we've talked about that plenty of times in the past. But it, this is not the product. The Word of God is not the product of men's work. And they if, were they were the agents that God used to pen these words. But the words, the very words in the original language, came from God Himself. And it challenges the whole Scripture. If 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 this into the Scriptures, then we can't trust anything that the Scriptures say. I want to go back to President Jimmy Carter. I want to just make a comment. One of the reasons Jimmy Carter is way off on homosexuality, which we'll see here in just a minute. But before we get to that, he, here's what he said about inspiration. He said, God inspired the Bible, but didn't write every word in the Bible. Uh-huh. So he, he's going that way. He, he's saying, well, yeah, there's some stuff. He, and notice the example. I thought this was just ridiculous, which, I, with all due respect, proves that Jimmy Carter doesn't know anything about the Bible. He said, we know, for instance, that stars can't fall on the earth. Stars are much larger than the earth. That was a limitation of knowledge of the universe or physics or astronomy at that time. (laughs) I'm I'm shocked if this guy, and he's published a study Bible. I I just beg people, don't get that study Bible. Every place where it talks about stars falling to the earth is a figurative expression in the Old Testament, talking about maybe government officials and so forth who were brought down low. It never, The Bible never literally talked about stars falling to the earth, but Jimmy Carter... (laughs) thinks that that 's proof that the bible's not fully inspired but you but if you say that the condemnations of homosexuality are just a proof of cultural bias creeping into the writings of these uh, men who who produce the Bible then you just throw the Bible away because how would you, how how do you would, know how would you know what part of it you need you a sh-
1: decoder ring to say this is what yeah. I should follow this isn't how do yeah. where wh- what is that standard going to be you 've just uh, throwing all of the Bible out the window when you make that claim.
5: Yeah, right. Paul, Paul makes it plain that all scriptures inspired of God either, and either that's the truth or it's not the truth. And if, if that's not the truth, then why worry with any of it? Right.
1: All right. Let's get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion, go to the top of the hour. Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this.
2: These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after
3: this. I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you'd like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 Four, five, six, seven. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight, or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon.
0: We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study 10,000 people were asked, quote, what was responsible for you coming to the Lord and this church, unquote. 2% replied, I had a special need. 3% I just walked in. 6% I liked the minister. 1% I visited there by chance. 5% I liked the Bible classes. One half of 1% I attended a gospel meeting. 3% I liked the programs. 79%. A friend or relative invited me. That's via the Institute for American Church Growth. The Word of God says in Mark 5, verse 19, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee.
2: Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys.
0: And so 6%
1: like the minister? Is Are uh, you feeling pretty good about that?
2: Well, but that's
0: still a minor reason why people choose a church. Oh, I, 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 that might make me a little bit upset, though, if only
1: 6% liked me. I don't know. Oh,
0: yeah, well, well preachers have a lot of insecurity. Okay, right,
1: yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, let me hear from you on the program tonight. Homosexuality and homosexual rights. Uh, what do the Scriptures teach? Again, not a personal opinion, not cultural bias or personal bias.
0: What do the Scriptures
2: teach?
0: The Another argument that the homosexuals make is that the sin of Sodom was not homosexuality. Uh and i just think from a common sense point of view i would argue if it, if if the sin of the of the men in sodom was not homosexuality then the word sodomy and sodomite have been misused for about 4000 years nick i mean that and we didn't invent that word that word came from way back then because everybody knew and nobody even tried to argue until recent times that there was that 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 wasn 't the sin of, of sodom uh, if, if you go back we don't have time we 're just about out of time in fact but uh, if you go back to genesis nineteen that's the that's the episode where uh, Sodom was destroyed. remember messengers from God came and Lot took them into his house. the men of Sodom uh, came and said quote "Bring them out to us that we may know them uh, you know I, i've heard homosexuals argue that the sin of homosexuality was actually, excuse me, the home of, I'm going to get this right, the sin of Sodom was inhospitality. Well, that, that sounds like they were trying to be hospitable. Bring them out so that we can know them. If yeah. they, no, they were wanting to know them carnally. They were wanting they were wanting to have homosexual relations with them. And Lot even said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Yeah. He, and so... Lot understood what their intention was, and their sin was clearly that of homosexuality. And you'd have to, you'd have to just close your eyes completely to to read that context of that story, and come to any conclusion other than that. Uh, To be fair,
1: there is a passage that notes that uh, they they did have a problem with hospitality in Sodom, but this obviously uh, indicates that there was more than just inhospitality. This was this was
0: homosexuality. Absolutely. All right. All right. another argument that homosexuals make which is just uh, amazing to me is that they claim that the old testament does not condemn homosexuality and uh, the, the statements are just too plain leviticus 18:22 thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind it is abomination nick read that earlier leviticus 20 verse 13 if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman both of them have committed an abomination they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Homosexuality is plainly condemned in the Old Testament. Notice again that word abomination. Abomination is that yep. which makes God sick. Homosexuality is called an abomination. Other things are called an abomination to God. Deuteronomy twenty-five, sixteen: dishonesty is mm-hmm. an abomination. Proverbs 20, verse 10, injustice is an abomination. Proverbs 12, verse 22, lying is an abomination to God. Proverbs 16, verse 16, and following, murder is an abomination to God. Well, we understand all those things, right? Dishonesty, injustice, lying, murder. Yeah, those are sins, and they're called an abomination. Well, if all those things are wrong and sinful, the same word is used to describe them in the Old Testament. Uh, That same word describes homosexuality. Clearly, it was condemned in the Old Testament. What about in the New Testament? Well, in the New Testament... Uh, we've got that passage that we already looked at. I think the plainest one, Romans one verses twenty six and twenty seven, but also in First Corinthians six verses yep. nine through eleven. It's just too plain. I mean, it just it's just absolutely too plain. All right. Uh, what
1: about Jesus though? I don't know that I've ever read anywhere where Jesus said. Okay, now this
0: gets me back to Jimmy. I
1: got to uh, okay. I got to read to All you right. about Jimmy Carter. What here. he says
2: here.
0: Here's Jimmy Carter in a new in a new study Bible that he has published, and here's what he has to say. Homosexuality was well known in the ancient world way before Christ was born. True, that's true, right? Yeah, I mean homosexuality. The the events at the city of Sodom were fifteen plus fifteen hundred plus years before Christ was born. Uh, so homosexuality certainly was known in the ancient world well before Christ born. Now knows this. Jesus never said a word. In all his teachings about multiple things, he never said that gay people should be condemned. I personally think it is very fine for gay people to be married in civil ceremonies. I believe that each congregation, when it comes to being accepted in churches, he says, I believe every congregation is autonomous and can govern its own affairs. So if a local Baptist church wants to accept gay members on equal basis, Which my church does, by the way, then that is fine. Mm. That's Jimmy Carter on homosexuality. Kind of shocking because he's typically considered to be a rather conservative fellow, but he's sure not. He's way off on that. Um, uh, What about Jesus being silent on homosexuality? Well, I don't know that we could argue that it was. Uh, the
1: recorded words of Jesus are silent on that, but it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't have anything to say. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. So Jesus said the Spirit of truth was going to come, and it would be guiding those who would preserve the word for us in the things that Jesus would have him to tell
0: us. Exactly right. So, so, and, and I would add to that, uh First Corinthians fourteen, verse thirty-seven, where Paul said, "If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the there Lord." There you go. So. Uh, I don't, I, I would have to agree. I couldn't put my finger on a specific statement of Jesus where he personally, while on earth, directly dealt with the sin of homosexuality. But his disciples did, and Paul says, Know that what we say are the commandments of the Lord. So it, it doesn't matter that. But I'll tell you something else, too. Silence doesn't authorize anything. But basically, that's what Jimmy Carter is saying, and that's what homosexuals say. That Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality. Therefore, it must be okay. You know, you wouldn't want to use that kind of reasoning in your daily affairs. I, I took my car into the mechanic shop, and I wanted him to give it a tune-up, you know, uh, put new spark plugs on it, new wires, and all that. I don't know even how, you know, all that computer stuff they yeah, got. It. Yeah, 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 Tune it up. Tune it up, man. They don't do that My, my anymore. mechanic is Terry. Terry, take this thing and fix it. Uh, make it run like it used to run. He says, Okay. I go back the next day to pick it up. And there's a car sitting there in front of his shop. And it's the same make and model as my car. But this car is painted hot pink. Yeah. I get to looking and that is my car. It went in white and now it's painted hot pink. I go in and said, Terry, man, what have you done? And he said, you didn't say a word about painting that car. And so I just figured it's okay. I'm gonna tell you, we we go round and round about that. I'm, I, you know, if 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 si, if you're gonna use silence, the silence of Jesus to justify something that is so plainly condemned throughout the scriptures, you're gonna use his silence as authority for the practice. That's a that's just such a flawed you open line up, of reasoning. You open
1: up a bigger discussion here about Bible authority in general. But in fact, he explicitly stated the plan. Have you not read that he made, Matthew 19, verse 4, he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So there we have explicit instruction on God's design for sexuality, and then the silence of Jesus on the subject of homosexuality would
0: uh, and, and it's prohibit. in that same context, in a few verses downward, Jesus mentions that some would choose to be eunuchs for the kingdom of God's yeah. sake in Matthew 19. Yeah. So... The fact of the matter is Jesus did teach on this. He, he reaffirmed God's truth from the beginning. One man, one woman, uh, remain one flesh for a whole lifetime, one and only one exception that would allow for divorce and remarriage. Yeah. Right. Jesus, and, and then Jesus actually gave an acceptable alternative to that. The, the plan of God is one man, one woman for life, and the acceptable alternative to that is live a celibate
5: life those are those are the cho- two choices. The, so jesus did
0: jesus covered all
5: all aspects okay. and when he speaks of fornication too when we look up definitions of words and they mean something uh, it covers a very broad area because yeah. it would include adultery uh, it would include uh, both men and women that commit uh illicit sexual acts but it uh, also includes uh bestiality it also includes uh, men with men or women with women. That's, that's a
0: good a, point, Nick. When he used the word fornication, mm-hmm. he, that threw a blanket over all
5: potential
0: sexual sins.
1: And that's uh, along the lines of what uh, Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, mentioned. He said Jesus was not silent on homosexuality is included in the term fornication in Matthew 19.9 and Matthew 5.32. Exactly. Thank you right. for that.
0: Uh, uh, Paul said in his email, Jesus dealt with the people of his own country. Homosexuality was not an issue since the Jews understood it to be wrong. But this teaching of the apostles in Romans 1, 1, Corinthians 6, reflect the will of God in Christ as revealed through the Holy Spirit to Paul. Uh I've, I imagine, I, I think Paul's probably right, homosexuality wasn't a huge issue in Palestine, in Judea, in the days of Jesus. But I wouldn't doubt that there were those who practiced it. But, but I, I agree with him. It probably wasn't a huge problem there. But... When when his disciples, when his aspired apostles plainly taught on it, they were teaching the will of God. Two minutes. The last question. The last question we sent out was... Can homosexuals
1: be saved? Can homosexuals be saved? Let me take Kent's answer on that. No one can be saved while they're involved in the sin of homosexuality. However, all alien sinners who renounce such sinful practices and obey the gospel can be saved from such sin. All fallen Christians guilty of such sin can be saved if they repent of such sin, confess their sins to God, and pray for forgiveness. He references Acts two thirty eight, Acts eight thirty eight twenty two, and then the passage that you referenced earlier, uh, Josh, First Corinthians six nine through eleven, would m- mention some who had uh, been saved, uh, who had repented. So uh,
0: I think Kent wraps it up fairly nicely for us. There. I think it's exactly right. Uh, Anybody can be saved. You can be you can be forgiven of any sin. But in order to be forgiven, you must you repent. You can continue practicing it. So I'm a car thief. I stole your car. I really like it. I'm driving it every day, and I, I'm just going to keep driving it. I like it. Can I be saved? Well, not while I intentionally continue in grand theft auto. Or I'm an adulterer. I'm I'm
1: I'm living with a woman I'm not married to, or I'm, I'm married a right to one. To I don't married. have a right to be married. But I'm going to continue in that relationship. I can't be saved. You That's cannot continue in the
5: sin and be and be saved. That is the right of the uh, homosexual or any other sinner, yeah. because First John chapter one and verse nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our, all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness."
0: Another homosexual right—they yeah. have a right to learn the gospel, to believe it, and obey it, and gain salvation. Salvation. All right. All right.
1: Well,
4: Josh, any thoughts? No, I'm good. I think, we, I think we got it covered.
1: All right. Well, were we hateful tonight? Uh,
4: uh, uh, I'm
0: sure somebody who maybe takes a, a different viewpoint on this might think that we were. We didn't intend to be. And we would speak just as strongly about any other sin that somebody might bring up. But because this is so much in the news and being promoted so strongly in the homosexual community through their agenda, it has to be addressed. All right. Maybe next week we ought to talk about adultery. get that we can yeah.
1: spend we could we could spend a whole hour or more on that on that subject. Exactly right. All right. Uh Nick, thanks for joining us tonight. It's good to be with good you. Good to all. have you here. And uh, Josh, thanks for getting us out on the air tonight. Thank you. Good to have you. And Dad, uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word in the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.